Welcome to Nashville Restaurant Radio, a podcast for and about the people of the Nashville restaurant scene. Now here's your host, the CEO of New Light Hospitality Solutions, Brandon Still. Hello, Music City, and welcome to the Nashville Restaurant Radio Roundup, presented by Springer Mountain Farms Chicken. My name is Brandon Still, and I am uh, your host, and I am here with my co-host, Delia Joe Ramsey. She is the editor of Eater Nashville. How you doing today, Delia? I am okay. I've had a, a weird week. It's been a wide range of emotions. I had to clean out my grandmother's house this weekend, and she's in memory care, and we can't visit her. So it was a very emotionally intense weekend for me. Um, just going through that, and my mother's stuff was there, and then just had some really had some really cool finds though that I felt really connected to. So it ended on a good note. And then, um, what'd you I find? Mean, was, what were like that you said you found really cool finds like what? So the cool thing was the night before I was at my parents, my, you know, my mom and my dad, my stepdad, now my new stepmom's house. And I was going through my mom's old jewelry and I found my mom's silver charm bracelet, which I remember her wearing when I was a kid. Hmm. And I, decided I was going to wear it to clean out my grandma's house. So the, the sad thing is I don't know what's important in this house. And I'm kind of the next of kin that's supposed to go through this house and decide what's important and what to sell. And so I was like, I'm going to wear this bracelet and I'm just going to like ask my mom like to show me what's important and what I need to, to have and what needs to be kept and what doesn't. So I'm going through the house and then I'm going through my grandmother's jewelry. And then I found my grandma's silver charm bracelet. So I put on my grandma's silver charm bracelet and I'm like, here, both of you, both of you are here with me, even though nobody's here with me. And so the connection here is there's Joe, there's three Joes. So my grandmother was Betty Joe, my mom was Renda Joe, and I'm Delia Joe. So that's where the dining with Delia Joe comes from, is from these two women. So now I've got their silver charm bracelets on. I'm going through the house. I'm like, tell me if this is important. I don't know, like, if this is some family heirloom. I have no idea. So then my dad comes in, and he, God bless him, he's not, he's the ex son-in-law of my grandmother, and he's just helping because he knows I'm stressed. He comes <laughs> in with this box, and he's like, there's some more jewelry. And I find it's my old jewelry. I have no idea how my old jewelry is in this house, but it's in the garage. I start going through it. And then I found my silver charm bracelet. So in a matter of 14 hours, I find my grandma's silver charm bracelet, my mom's and mine. So I'm sitting on the floor crying because I just felt this moment of connected, like they're with me. And, you know, I'm kind of like all over the place with the spiritual stuff, but it was just a really cool moment where I felt like they're with me and they're you know, it's such a hard thing, but I felt connected to them in that moment. So that was just my cool story from Saturday. That's awesome. What a real special time yeah. that had to be just kind of, don't you love it when stuff like that happens where yeah. you're, you go into something and you're uncertain about what's going to happen. And then something magical kind of happens that mm -hmm. you weren't expecting. Absolutely. It's one it of was. my favorite things. My dad cleaned out his attic a couple weeks ago and, um, he found my original Pearl Jam Vitology record that was they, when Pearl Jam released Vitology. It was their third studio album. They released this album on record a week before the CD came out. And I had to go. I was such a big Pearl Jam fan. I bought the record and I went and bought a record player. I lived in California. I was in high school. And I bought a record player and the record so I could hear the album before it came out. Nothing was streaming. There was no like internet back then. <laughs> and... Um, so I found that record and I was so happy because it was like that I was like, what happened to that record, man? I says it was so cool, just this the original first print of this record. He also found a uh, Pisces Iscariot, which is the Smashing Pumpkins album, and Pearl Jam Ten. 
on vinyl. So now I, I have a record player at um, it's a big credenza record player at my brother-in-law's house. Now I have to go get it. Awesome. I'm really excited about that. So how was the rest of your week? Uh, it was good. I, uh, I had a weird run in with the homeless guy that I had a tangential um, rant about on Instagram this Monday. Oh, how, yeah, you, how did I miss that? You missed my tangent. Okay. I missed it. Catch me up. So Monday, it was 3.30 in the afternoon. And I, I usually go out midday and get like a coffee or something just to get out of the house because working from home kind of, you know, you get in the grind and you have to get out for a second. So I go and I get gas and I'm pumping gas and I see a homeless guy. And you know, sometimes if I feel it, I give them money and I, I hate it for them. I've worked in like mission trips with homeless people and I feel for them, certainly. But this guy starts walking towards me. He's got like a tall boy beer with him. He's walking up. He's kind of like chuckling. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, God, here we go. So I get in the car. I've, you know, the gas pump is in the, is in the car. I get in the car, I lock the door, roll the windows up. And I see that he's just going to stand there. And I was like, okay, well, I'll wait you out. Like I'll sit in the car until you decide to move along your merry way. No, he stands there and he grabs the gas nozzle out of my car, pulls it out of the car. And I'm like, wait, um, I was like, is he going to start spouting gas around? I don't know. He's yeah. He's pulled it out while it's pumping gas into my car. He pulls it out and I'm in the car. There's gas pumping. It clicks. He pulls it out. He pulls it out. And I'm like, well, I don't know if he's going to like start spewing gas around. So I now have to talk to him. I open the door and I'm like, sir. I was like, can you put that down and walk away from my car, please? And he's like, ma'am, I'm just being a gentleman. And I'm trying to help out a beautiful lady. And I'm like, please don't. Please don't help. And so I start recording because I'm like, I don't know what's going to happen at this point. I start recording on my phone and I'm just like, sir, please put the gas pump down. He puts it down and he's, he, he kind of goes away and comes back and he's like, I'm just being a gentleman and you're breaking the rules and chuckling weirdly. And then I have you're to touch breaking the, gas the rules. Pump. Yeah. I don't know. I was breaking the rules. So I had to touch the gas pump now. Like we're in coronavirus world. I've got my mask on. Um, I've got to now touch the gas pump that he's touched. Put the, you know, finish pumping. Now I got to finish pumping gas and put it up. And it was just a horrible experience. It was 3.30 in the afternoon. I didn't have any mace. I don't have, you know, anything with me to protect myself. And these are the little things that happen fairly regularly that I just, I mean, there's no way to handle that. And I had to be polite. I had to keep saying, thank you. Thank you. Please walk away. Because if I was not polite, I don't know what he would have done. That's it. That's it. You know, it's weird because that, that's something that, it would never happens to me. I mean, you know, you're, yeah. How tall are you? No one's gonna, no one's gonna do that to you. Like a six foot six, two hundred sixty pound dude. The guy is like, but where does that? That's that's what's messed up in the world. Like they see a girl and like, oh, well, I'll just go stand. Like, dude, you're scaring people. I mean, like, yeah. And I appreciate that you're trying to be nice, but like, this isn't the time or the place for you to touch my car. Don't touch my car. Don't that's touch. That's not don't chivalry. Touch no. Go pay for the gas. gas. I can pump my own damn gas. And I know he probably wanted money. I didn't have any cash. Um, and I just asked him to step away several times. And it just kind of shook me up on Monday. You know? Yeah, I can imagine. That sounds uh, that way. That was my other big event of the week. <laughs> Has yours been good? Have you had any interesting experiences? I mean, no. I... <laughs> <laughs> My life is so vanilla. I mean, I've, I've, um, what did I do this week? Uh, had a couple of great interviews. We did a big interview with Fo and Bo, 
which was really uh, a lot of fun. I learned a ton more about that platform and um, got a good response out of the show mm -hmm. and then had an amazing, like amazing interview with uh, Josh, Josh mm -hmm. Habiger. I was just so blown away by that guy. He's, you know, I've talked to a couple people, a couple people have talked to me and they said, hey, I love that interview, that was really good. And he's just so like, gentle i don't know I, I don't like a men like it when you refer to them as being like gentle but like he was just so like he's he's he wasn't like overbearing he was he was just kind of like hey man like yeah i'd love to talk about that no i'm totally cool i'm happy to talk about anything you want to like i don't know it's just like so easy to talk to him and so fun to talk to him we talked for 30 minutes after we stopped recording if he wants me to say that but like i just i just enjoyed it so much it was a long episode but Learning how he went from the catbird seat or from from Pinewood Social. And then I was, I was talking to Layla Vartanian today and she's she were talking about downtown. She's closed. She's upset that she's closed. And it's just heartbreaking talking to Layla today because I'll, mm -hmm. I'll get into that here in a minute. But she said something. I said something about interviewing him. She goes, yeah, what do you think about them? And I said, I... I was so impressed with Ben and Max Goldberg. And I don't know how many people share that opinion, but when you talk about what Josh was doing as a bartender and learning everything at the Patterson house, mixing all these recipes, putting drinks in front of people and just his thought of like, chefs never get to do that. And he got to do that. And his idea that, hey, I could cook food and put it in front of people and immediately see what they do with it. Because chefs in general, they create food, they put it in a window and a food runner takes it out to a table. Mm -hmm. and they're, they're, their contract is over. They don't see if the guest likes it. They don't see anything about it. It's They're done. They just go into the next dish. But his idea was, I wanna do this. And he said, I've told like five or six people this idea and they all said, oh, that's a cool idea, but there's no way you can make money. There's no way you can do it. and he said, so Ben asked him one day, said, hey man, what, are you ever gonna cook again? And he goes, well, I've got this idea, let me tell you. And he goes, but it'll never work, it'll never work. It's, it's too expensive. And Ben goes, dude, let's make that happen. Like the innovation and just the, I don't wanna say like balls, but like those guys, when you talk about Bar 23 and you talk about what they did at the Patterson house and just the idea like where everybody told Josh no, the Goldberg said, Dude, let's make that happen. Let's let's do Paradise Park. Let's do let's tear down Paradise Park and put in the the sporting club. Let's make Pinewood Social. Like all of their stuff. Mm -hmm. I said they've really paved a path for everybody else to come into Nashville and do cool things because they did it first. And I don't think they get the credit for just having the wherewithal and just the sheer guts to do all of that. And I got that out of this interview. And I just was blown away. It was so fun getting to all of that stuff. So, so yes, uh, that was a really cool interview for me. And then I was talking to Layla today, and we 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 recorded a um, a mean a mean review, and it was really funny. And she is like, she is everything. She's like what this world, what Nashville needs. She's everything. I, she's a pretty special person. Do you know her? 
I've never met her. No, I, I didn't know there was a Layla around. I didn't know who it was named after. So Layla Vartanian, she came on the show. She did a full interview with us. And, you know, go back. She's the number two most listened to episode that we oh, have. Nice. Um, the most people, the second most people have listened to that episode. Number one. Can you guess what Khalil? it was? Is it no. Khalil? No. Uh, Khalil probably, if you, with how many people watch the video of Khalil, probably number one. Yes. Mm-hmm. But um, Sylvia Ganyer. Oh. Green Door Gourmet is the number one listened to episode, if you were wondering out there. Um, but Layla, Layla acquired Layla's Bluegrass Inn at the time mm-hmm. because Robert of Robert's Western World owned it. And she, uh, he goes, give me five grand for all the inventory and you can have it. And she went to the bank and got $5,000 like line of credit from her credit card from a bank. And like didn't have any money, but like she was busking on Second Avenue two years before when he got a five thousand dollar loan and just and gave it to Robert and he's like, All right, it's yours. And then she just started, you know, she'd been playing music there with uh Jim, who was her boyfriend, and she's just like has hustled and she's like the only woman owned bar on Broadway, by the way. And she I talked to her today, we talked for like an hour and a half, and she just she's like She's blue. Like she's just sad. She's sad because she wants to be in that. She wants to. She misses it. She misses getting on stage and playing music and being part of the whole thing. You talk about honky tonks and what Nashville is. She is the definition of what makes Nashville Nashville. And I just, it's one of my favorite things. I want to meet her for sure. Well, we got to take you in there. She was out there today with her big. She had a huge Cadillac. Uh, Cadillac like this. Oh, I don't know what year it was. This huge old Cadillac a convertible. And I got a picture of her leaning on the Cadillac with the Layla Aww. sign behind her. I'll put it on. Um, I'll put it on our Facebook page this weekend. So if you hear this, you'll. I'll put it out there just as a here's Layla kind of a thing. Cool. And no, I mean, so as far as that goes, uh, we did put out the video for. We talked about it last week that we were going to put out a video of chefs reading uh mean reviews and restaurant tours we did that and that was uh we got a lot of positive response from that we got another one coming out tomorrow is it tomorrow it is tomorrow it is tomorrow who's on tomorrow we are gonna have well layla layla will be on there uh trey siacha from the farmhouse we're gonna have um brian from the mockingbird brian and Oh, Mikey. Yeah. Mikey. Brian and Mikey. Talking, such fun talking to them. Yeah. Yes. Um, and a couple more. We're going to have Brian Lee Weaver mm-hmm. recounts a uh, a Yelp review. They got and... broken into this week, which pissed me off. Redhead yeah. Broken into this week. Pissed me off. Sorry. No, <laughs> I saw that. The big broken window. And um, <laughs> he wrote, you didn't even steal the good stuff. Right. <laughs> I was like, if they stole queso, I will come after them. Yeah, not cool. I mean, I don't know who you are breaking into a restaurant right now in a global pandemic, but sorry, tangent. But who else is there? Anybody else tomorrow? Um, yeah, James Garrido from Henley, and maybe a couple more surprises. Uh, so it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be a fun little another version of chefs reading mean Yelp reviews, and then we may go a couple weeks before we do it again. We'll kind of take a little bit of a break. But um, it's been a lot of fun, and I think it's been fun for chefs to 
talk about it and kind of get a little bit of a laugh at it. And guys, this again is for fun. If you if you listen to this and you're like, oh, how are they saying this or what are they doing? Like, it's okay. This is for fun. We've asked them to do it. Like, they're not, yeah. they appreciate good feedback. We appreciate people that do give them feedback. When you go on Yelp and you say stupid things and you use swear words, you lose all credibility. Fair right? Fair enough. Yes. So I noticed something this week that I thought we should bring up, Miss Ramsey. Mm -hmm. You neglected to say when you were talking about your week that you made something official. What? <laughs> What's that? Something became Facebook official with you um, okay. this week. Okay. And I think we need to talk about it. Let me just tell you what happened was, so you know how there's a, a relationship status that shows on your profile, right? Uh, yeah, I guess. Well, I had gotten a few creepy DMs in the last few weeks. And I was like, okay, maybe it's because people are creeping on me and they see that I'm single and they're coming, they're sliding into the DMs and the weird friend requests. So I was like, I'm going to hide. So I thought, I was like, I'm going to hide this single thing and then it will take off my relationship status. Well, then it turned into, it showed everyone that I was friends with. Delia Joe Ramsey is in a relationship. And I was like, oh no. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was just scrolling Facebook and I see Delia Joe Ramsey in a relationship today. And I was like, oh. Look. An official date on that. I mean, I'm, I did start dating someone during this. I mean, we talked about the first couple of dates. So, I mean, I've met a, I've met, met a great guy. Um, oh. Yeah. All right. But so. it's so the Facebook official relationship. That was the you, thing. you didn't have a conversation with a guy and you're like, hey, man, I really want to change my Facebook status. Are you in? No, that didn't even happen. Okay. So, so then I was, had to go back. So then I had to go back to him and be like, oh, no, like people are asking questions. But I mean, we're not dating other people. So, I mean, how does that work in this day and age? I don't know. I, I have no idea. I don't know either. If you know, send her a DM. <laughs> I'm not even gonna. I'm not even gonna jump into the creepy DM comment either. Like just the creepy DMs that show up. We're, that's a whole nother. That's the whole what's the dealia with these weird ass DMs is a, is a whole other episode. Um, we will save it for that. Yeah, but for sure. Suffice it to say, things are good. Um, dating, wearing a mask is kind of weird. And like having people meet your family wearing a mask is kind of weird. But he he did show up to the fam house with champagne and flowers. Oh, so, so he, this this mystery man, can we, what, can we call him like a name? Like Mr. Big or something? <laughs> we're going to make up a name. We're going to make up a name for this mystery man. You're... Yeah. Um, your gentleman caller, <laughs> I don't know what you call <laughs> your exclusive guy you're talking to. Yeah. Yeah. So you introduced him to your parents and he brought flowers and champagne that you brought him to your stepdad and mm -hmm. that's pretty mm -hmm. solid. That's a good move. I mean, it was super solid. Like it, it was one of those bittersweet moments because it was, it's now when you meet someone like now that they're never going to meet my mom. Yeah. So it's it was kind of bittersweet. Like I need I needed to ride home. He offered to do it. I was like, well, I mean, he's a nice guy. I'd like for my family to meet a nice guy and see that I'm doing well because I know they worry about me. So I was like, look, there's this 
great guy that's treating me well and he showed up did well so good job I, that makes me happy yeah. i love to see that i love to see that uh guys are still introducing that's old school right there showing up with champagne and flowers love it. to the parents love it good for you well that makes me happy and i'm i'm uh, excited you're officially in a facebook <laughs> official <relationship. laughs> i tried to find i think i tried to hide it again after that we're not sure what's happened <laughs> All right. Well, let that be a lesson to you. If you just want to hide your relationship status, it's going to create a post for you. Uh -huh. um, so, okay. Well, let's talk about restaurant stuff. We got anything in the news, anything happening out there in the Nashville restaurant world? I mean, the cool thing that I saw that's happening this weekend, Thursday through Sunday, is there's something called Ask Chefs Anything. And it's an online auction benefiting immigrant restaurant workers. It's, it's a part of a nationwide initiative and you bid online for 30 minute increments to just ask chefs, whatever you want for 30 minutes. So obviously don't do creepy things. Like don't do creepy things. This is for charity, but you can ask them to guide you through a recipe, ask them what you can do with a, some weird ingredient you have. Um, so that's something happening for a good cause. Um, I feel like I get to, I feel like I win that auction twice a week. I mean, you do, you already have that. I feel like I win that auction twice a week. I get to ask them anything like twice a week. You need to, t you need to give people some pointers on how to interview these chefs in 30 minutes. What do you want to get the most out of? Yeah, that's uh, a, <laughs> that's pretty cool. So there's a, there's a pretty healthy list of chefs on that. Like yeah. Carla Hall, like Andrew Zimmern. Yeah, nationally big names and local names. Alan Benton from Benton's Country Ham. We've got Deb Paquette, Margo, Khalil, Tandy Wilson, um, Sarah Gavigan, and Sean Brock. I mean, there's a giant list. I think they all posted them on – it was, like, exploding on Instagram earlier. So um, something cool to do this weekend if you want to bid on a conversation with a chef. That's awesome. I if I, I, I to, I'm gonna I'm gonna check on that. There's some way we can get involved there to uh, help out. Maybe I can maybe I can finally get that interview with Sean Brock. Let's let's bid on one and get let's, yeah. Let's bid on it and be like, all right, Sean, you're on you're on Nashville Restaurant Radio. <laughs> That's perfect. Perfect. <laughs> oh, I did try the I tried some gluten free items from Joyland this week. I don't know what possessed me. I think I was like, I need to cut back on cars. And then I was like, I want a biscuit. And then it ended up, I tried some gluten-free stuff and a peach hand pie from Joyland. It was all really good. Like, I didn't think I'd be into a gluten-free biscuit or gluten-free fried chicken. But, of course, it worked out. Yeah, it was legit. Yeah, it was legit. So, um, anything out there open this week? Yes. So, Friday we have white limousine that I was hyping up about last week about uh, the Dolly themed rooftop at the graduate. They didn't let me move in yet. I was hoping to, you know, kind of crash there until it opened. They didn't invite me. And so. Somebody was going to, somebody was going to see you talking about it last week. Like, you know what? Let's just move her in here. Maybe she'll write uh, about it here. I mean, I would, I would have totally done it, but they didn't ask yet. So they're opening Friday. I saw reservations were on Resi. Um, so just to share the menu tomorrow, I don't have the menu yet to talk about exactly what they're doing food wise, but it's such a cute space. It's all pink and Barbie dream ish and I'm excited about that to open Friday. Um, also Friday, I think this is, a, I don't know, it's, it's called baked bear ice cream sandwiches. It's like cookies sandwich with ice cream and that's in Midtown. Back in the day, I used to live over there and it used to be like the old Virago in that building in Midtown on Division Street. So it's coming yeah, yeah. in there. It's coming in there. It's called the baked uh, bear. Baked bear. So, it is a, you said it's ice cream? 
It's ice cream between cookies. So like ice cream cookie sandwiches. Like, is there anything in the bears that might be make you baked? I don't, I'm not aware of that. No. Hmm. Like a CBD place or something. Right. I don't, I don't, I don't think so. Um, also found I would some... say not legal, but no, you could put your own CBD in the ice cream, I guess, if you wanted to. There you go. Do your own thing. Um, then I found this place called Chat Time Bubble Tea that has Taiwanese tea and smoothies and ramen and soup dumplings, which I'm always looking for soup dumplings and I'm very skeptical. But I will, I'm going to check it out in the next couple weeks and report back. And then a place called Yin Yang Tea is in Germantown, more also bubble tea. It's been open for a few weeks, but I just kind of came across it this week. So also 400 degrees, which is one of my favorite hot chicken places, is going to be at the airport, which I, I don't think was confirmed that they posted about on Facebook. So I was so, super excited they're going to be in the airport in Nashville. And they also released a, well, I don't know if it's their hot chicken cookbook. They're selling a hot chicken cookbook with all proceeds going to feed impoverished youth. So nice. It's a good souvenir gift for people visiting or moving to Nashville and something exciting coming to the airport because I pay the food in the airport. Um, closings this week. All I know for sure is uh, Las Paletas on 12 South. Um, they've been around for 19 or so years and um, they are selling their building. So they said it's maybe not the end, but they're pausing. So Las Paletas. Mm-hmm. Now, don't they sell those like all over town too? Yeah. I mean, I go to a few places on Nolensville Road usually because. 12 South is kind of congested. So I've actually never been to Las Palitas. I haven't either. Um, so. that's, pro- that's probably why they're closing. I figured the tourists were holding them up is, is kind of the thing about that part of town. Mm. Popsicles well, aren't a high margin. No. So uh, that's, a, that's a good example. You know, it's, I, I made the Davis Kid example the other day. I said, you know, Davis Kid closed. Everyone's like, oh, Davis Kid closed. I was like, when, la- when was the last time you were there? Like, I, I, I ordered my stuff on Amazon. It's like, oh. Yeah. Absolutely. There you go. That's why Davis Kid closed. Maybe, yeah. maybe we just answer our own question with Las Paletas. Yep, exactly. Um, I also got like a 12th con- confirmation that Bar Otaku is not reopening. Um, I noticed a couple Whoa. of months ago. Yeah. Uh, I noticed a couple of months ago that their social media presence disappeared and their website was gone. And they're selling Bar Otaku menu items at Otaku Ramen. In the to-go window, so that's a sad one. That was that was kind of on my go-to uh, playlist of restaurants because it's in my neighborhood. So I'm bummed about that, but um, yeah, I've I've heard from several places that they're not coming back. Was that breaking news? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, as far as I know, I haven't I haven't written about it on Eater, um, and I kind of was waiting for, I guess, twelve confirmations that it was true because I didn't want to believe it. I don't know. You have a credible source telling you that the, it's happened. Yeah, I've had several credible sources say that it's already been leased to someone else. So, mm, hate to hear that. Me too. Mm. Um, so, um, speaking of Foe and Bo, who you know we interviewed this week, and they're amazing. Um, what do we have in the world of jobs? Job wise, I have seen a few. I saw some openings at Joyland, which I think. We've talked about it. That's a cool opportunity to work with Sean Brock and his team there in a fast, casual setting. Heck yeah. 
Um, Jay Alexander's is hiring, I think, in Brentwood. AOA. Voodoo Gumbo, uh, Voodoo Gumbo in Bellevue. That's hard to say. Voodoo Gumbo in Bellevue. Do that. <laughs> Voodoo Gumbo in Bellevue. Okay, you did it first time. Voodoo Gumbo in, in Bellevue. Bellevue. I like uh, that place. That's that's a really good place, by the I way. Like I like it there, too. You could um, talk about the cool places in the Gulch, and I will tell you that Voodoo Gumbo in Bellevue, because I'm... I've been there. S- suburb guy. I drove that's, there for it. And you know one thing that they do? I had my, my kid in there with me one day. I went there with my brother, and we had a whole meal... And she goes, hey, we do this really cool special Sunday for the kids. And I was like, really? And she gave him like a little ticket or something. Mm-hmm. And she wrote his name on it. And after the meal, he took the ticket up to the counter. And they make him like this big old Sunday that was like uh, like sprinkles and the whole deal. Like it was like a whole hot fudge Sunday. And he Hi. was like, he's like five years old. He was like a, the most cloud nine all the time, he's ready to go back there now. He's like, I get a Aww. ticket and I get a free hot dog, hot fudge Sunday. I'm in. So if you're Love a parent it. and you're looking for a really cool place to go, eat good gumbo and good like Cajun food, and uh, your kids will get a treat at the end of the meal. Awesome. Yeah. Perfect. Um, last thing job I just saw, a restaurant depot said that they had urgent needs for essential workers. So, I mean, everybody knows Restaurant Depot and they're hiring too. Nice. Well, we were talk a little bit more about Foe and Bo and what um, Foe and Bo can do for you. And we're going to take a little bit of a break to let you hear from some of our sponsors. Springer Mountain Farms is a family-owned business nestled in the hills of the Blue Ridge Mountains with over 50 years' experience in raising chickens. We exercise great care in all that we do. And our dedication to providing our chickens with a quality life and healthy diet results in a healthier, more delicious chicken for you and your family to enjoy. Try Spring Mountain Farms Chicken today by locating a store, a restaurant near you, or ordering online at springmountainfarms.com. Nashville's own Pennington Distilling Company produces Davidson's Reserve Tennessee Whiskey. In fact, it's the first grain-to-glass Tennessee whiskey made in Nashville since Prohibition. They also distill Pickers Vodka, Walton's Vodka, and Whisper Creek Tennessee Sipping Cream. Pick up a bottle at your favorite package store today. Or order a drink at your favorite restaurant. Visit them at PenningtonDistillingCo.com. Foambo is the newest way to hire and be hired in the hospitality industry in Nashville, Tennessee. So visit FOHandBOH.com for more details. And remember, it's free through August, so sign up now. Times are tough, but recovery doesn't have to be. Kurtz Hospitality Marketing is a full-service sales, marketing, and public relations agency dedicated to growing revenue for their clients. Contact them at 615-456-3953 or at www.kurtzhospitality.com. That's K-U-R-T-Z hospitality.com. All right, we are back. Thanks for taking a few moments with us. So we're going to start a new segment. This is going to be something fun. Before we get into, uh, we have two more segments here. We have What's the Delia, as well as our local legend, which today is going to be the Yellow Porch. And the local legend, which we're going to jump into next, but this is going to be our segue. I found this book. It is called Where the Locals Eat, Nashville Edition, 2006. Okay, if you're watching this, you see the it says where the locals eat. This is the guides to the best restaurants in America. Um, it is uh, 
where the locals it? eat dot com. It's John Egerton. There's not really an author. Um, it's kind of collaboration. All right. Yeah, it's kind of compiled by several people. Let me see. Um, Pat Embry is the guy who uh, is the editorial director at Magellan Press. So, Where the Locals Eat, 2006. It has a best of all the different categories, and it's rather sad because everybody's closed. Aww. Not everybody, but most people are closed. So I thought it would be fun if you and I went down this list and kind of talked about some of these restaurants. I'm going to ask you what... I'm going to talk about what it was in 2006, and then I'm going to ask you what yours is in 2020. How does that sound? We'll do it. Okay. So, best American restaurant they have is the Sunset Grill, which is which is not here anymore. Mm -hmm. They have best Asian Mediterranean fusion, which is a very interesting category <laughs> to me. <laughs> Best Asian Mediterranean fusion. I don't think those things all go together. They're just lumping them together for this particular book in 2006. Yeah. If that's not a microcosm of where we're at now, the fact that that's not even a category. Well, they chose Virago, and it was the Virago in the old location. I used to live across the street from that. Which is now uh -huh. the Baked Bear. We, we just talked about, yeah. Yeah, that's right. So, Virago, what's your, do you have a favorite, like, Asian place in town? I mean, it depends on what exactly I'm looking for, like, for ramen, or am, am I looking for more Chinese, or what am I looking for exactly? Like, I'll go to TKO for some Chinese food on the east side. Yeah. Have you have you gotten that takeout from there? I have not. It's good. Um, like, if I want ramen i'll go to right down the street to otaku or go to black dynasty and pick up some alley ramen um, but it's not you know like traditional by any means i do like to go to highs i don't know if it's Hayes or highs i i've met the guy and i don't know it's h-a-i and it's in the strip mall on 8th by the kroger okay for sushi yeah so that's like my top like hidden gem down the street that i like um nowadays well i what love about you? i if you're Gauging by what I actually eat versus what I would like to eat, I would have to say that Eastern Peak is my number one because it's in Bellevue and it is good. Um, I love the Hawaii roll and it's fantastic. We love like my wife and I have this thing where I'll be like, what do you want for dinner? And she's like, well, I don't really want to cook. And I'm like, "Ooh, it's either Mexican or it's going to be sushi. Right. So it's which one do you want to do? And she's like, sushi. I'm like, sweet. And we just, it's like, you can just hit repeat on the online thing. It's exactly what we want. We know what we want. And it's great. Mm -hmm. But if it's up to me, people I'd like to support and food that's amazing, I would probably pick 210 Jack. Yes. Because I just oh. love Jess and Trey. Um, best bagel. Best bagel in 2006 was Star Bagel. That might I have been the it. only bagel in 2006. It may have been. And this, you know, this is right before 2008 when the um, economic downturn happened. Um, I would have to say the best bagel now. I mean, I think proper bagel for me has probably taken over the best bagel. What do you think? I mean, I, I like proper bagel. I had um, people keep talking about the ones at Nikki's. So Nikki's Colfart is now doing like everyday bagels. And I really want to try them because everybody's saying those are the best. 
you want to know one that's changed a ton. And I've heard that too, that they're just crushing it over there at Nikki's. Um, best barbecue. Best barbecue in Nashville, 2006. Who do you think wit? took home that honor? I bet it was Wits or Barbecutie. <laughs> nope. No. Who is it? That? Oh, Jax. I've, I've not been there in probably since 2006. But... <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think I'm in the same boat. Hmm. So, uh, what do you think is the best barbecue? Now we're getting down to the nitty gritty. People are going to start beating us up online about this. Uh, people get really passionate about barbecue and burgers in this town. I have noticed in the comments section. So let me just go with. We all know the big names. Like we all know Peg Leg. We all know Martins. We all know Edleys. But I'm going to shout out. Some little guys. Okay. They're all, all right. The gambling stick, the trailer yes. out on the east side, um, newly opened um, Shotgun Willies, and the, Oak, mine. and the Oak Texas Barbecue that sometimes pops up at Southern Grizz on the east side is like the Texas brisket. Because I lived in Texas, you know, between the 2008 and 2017. So I want to shout out the little guys. Well, I'm going to shout out to two guys. And I'm with you. I I said it on the show, and I got to say it now, that I, the Memphis sushi and the ribs at Peg Leg Porker, to me, are just the best. And I love Kerry Bringle, and I love his whole scene. I love his brand. I just love everything about him. And I would go with Peg Leg Porker. The ribs are so now, good. Again, if we're going to the place where I spend my money, it's going to be Honey Fire in Bellevue. Mm -hmm. Because... I live in Bellevue, and I am so lucky that like we have a place like Honey Fire because it is the best. Shane Nasby was uh, was an awesome guest on the show. I like their sides too. I think they do a great job with sides. They do. They have like some secret menu queso, and the peanut butter banana pudding is one of my favorite desserts in town. If you haven't had it, peanut butter banana pudding. What do you say for best breakfast? I don't eat a lot of breakfast out. What do you think that 2006, the author of this book, would have said? Is it like Fido, maybe? No, Fido was best coffee shop. Okay. Uh, best breakfast, the Nashville classic. Oh, pancake. Pantry. Pancake pantry. Okay. Can I tell you a secret? Yes. I've never been to pancake pantry. <laughs> Well, there you don't you didn't want to stand in the line like in the rain. I've never been to biscuit. I've never been to biscuit love. I don't like to stand in lines, and I don't eat a lot of breakfast, so I haven't had it. Now, I will tell you that my favorite oh. breakfast is at Fido. Mine is a Big Al's Deli. Big Al's Deli. Mm -hmm. All right, uh, that's gonna be. I, I saw I. I love the Eggs McFido at Fido, and the local latte is something that I have figured out how to make at my house every oh, nice. single day. That's my my frou-frou latte. I'd make a latte every single morning with local honey really? and cinnamon. Every morning. And I froth the milk, and I do the whole thing. Do you deliver? <laughs> Sometimes, yes. <laughs> so this whole segue with where the locals eat, and we could do this again next week, um, is because we're going to talk about – I opened this book – and we talk about this a little bit with Katie Nelson. 
on the front page, there's the top 20 best American contemporary restaurants and 18 of the 20 are closed. And the Yellow Porch is one of those. So when we talk about local legends, we really are talking about people that um, have really sustained this thing for a really long time, have kind of been through it all. And this, But this segment is brought to you by Mobile Fixture. And Mobile Fixture is a company that can help you get your entire kitchen set up. We had Ben Whitlock on the show a little while back, and he told some pretty funny stories. If you go to our YouTube page, there's two videos, one where he tells the story of the worst pitches that he's possibly had, and one where he talks about his pro golf career. And um, they will help you get your kitchen set up. If you are looking to open a new restaurant, give them a call. Go to their website at uh, mobilefixture.com. They will sell you the equipment. They'll take your blueprints. They'll help you design your kitchen. They'll show you how it works. They'll get everything installed. Um, they are the professionals you need. Uh, if you're just planning a restaurant, give them a call. Uh, they are absolutely the best at it. So without that being said, let's jump into our interview with Katie Nelson. All right. We are joined with Katie Nelson. Uh, she is the owner of the Yellow Porch, our local legend for the week. How are we doing today, Katie? We are good. Thanks for having us, or me. I love the enthusiasm. Now, I had you guys on the show, uh, you and your husband, Gep, who are local legends for as far as restaurant owners. And you guys, we did a full episode. We had so much fun. And um, how have things been? Like, how did that show work out for you? Did you have any feedback from that show when, when you were on? We, we had... First of all, we loved being on. It was so much fun. Our staff, um, Gep and I are pretty low-key. We, I think they were all just totally surprised that we had done it um, and proud of us. So we were too. Uh, but then I had a customer um, call and say, we have just driven here. Actually, Brandon, I think they may have even been on the road. They were moving their family from uh, Austin, Texas, which is, uh, as you both know, a huge restaurant town, up to Nashville. And on the road trip up, they listened to Nashville Restaurant Radio. And they listened to our podcast. And you and I had talked about pie. And uh, we had been, I, I guess we talked about chess pie. I don't remember that. But they were just, they had never heard of chess pie. They got really curious. And they called the Yellow Porch and they ordered uh, they ordered a whole dinner, and they also ordered chess pie just based on our interviews. So I had some really direct uh, uh, response from that. It was really fun. And then they came to uh, – we were doing – we as we still are, doing curbside pickup. So I got to go out and talk to them, and they told me the whole story. And I mean, it was, it was kind of – it was a very neat um, – it, it was a cool connection. So My heart is about to burst. <laughs> Exactly. It's what it's supposed to do, isn't it? Yeah. I'm like beaming right now. That is so, that is like the best story I've ever heard. And I'm so happy to have you guys back on. I will show you, uh, you can, when you watch this, this is a book my dad gave me. It's called Where the Locals Eat um, in Nashville. And it was from 2006 and Magellan Press. And, um, uh, it's uh, edited by Pat Embry and Rachel Lawson. So it's just, a, it's a huge book. But in, right when you get to the beginning, it says, Where the Locals Eat, Best American Contemporary. 
I'm going to name off the best American contemporary restaurants in 2006, and uh, we'll talk about it. The Acorn, The Boundary, Chapel Bistro, F. Scott's, Firefly Grill, Germantown Cafe, The Mad Platter, Mambu, Margot, Midtown Cafe, The Mirror, Park Cafe, Red, Sapphire. My wife and I went on our first date there. Uh, Sunset Grill, a rehearsal dinner was there. Taste, Ten Angel, The Trace, Wild Iris, and The Yellow Porch. There's 20 restaurants there. 18 of those restaurants are not open today. One of those restaurants, the Germantown Cafe, will be coming back once they kind of get back from their tornado deal. Midtown Cafe is open and the Yellow Porch. You have sustained a long time. What is the secret to your success? We stand on the shoulders of giants. I have to say, um, I think, and I think we touched on this in our, our previous interview. I think because um, Gep and I can come back in in moments like this and actually take over payroll spots, um, that we, we are a pad for our restaurants. Uh, the, the standing on the shoulders of giants, I could name a half a dozen of my employees who have been with me now for some of them as long as 15 years, one of them as long as 20 years, I have all come from those restaurants. Um, they all worked in those restaurants that you just read that are not open right now. And back in the day, I mean, it was just a really great group of places to be a part of. And um, I, I don't know, maybe we, maybe we signed a really great lease. Maybe Gep and I just, I know that for a fact, part of what we believe in is to let our employees be themselves, let them have an ownership feel. And I really do think that that's part of it. Um, the staff that I have right down there now as we speak, they really, I think, and I don't want to put words in their mouth, but I really think they love working there. Uh, they walk in the door and it's very low key, even for them. And I think the customers feel that too. But they are restaurant professionals. They, um, Todd Moore, who's down there right now, he worked at Acorn. He worked at Flight. He worked at, uh, you know, one of our chefs, Corey Griffith, he opened Mambu. Um, Corey's not with us now, but I, I have to give him a lot of credit for what's going on in our restaurant right now. So I don't know. We've just had a lot of really, really great people work for us and with us. And they do it better than we do. I mean, that's kind of my, my first words out of my mouth when people ask me, how does it work, is that, I hire people that know how to do it better than I do. And, and that said, I think beyond you being the long, long standing successor that you are, you're doing so well right now. Like I was telling Brandon, you were the first restaurant I went to after the coronavirus closure. So after, you know, three months of not dining out, it's, it's what I love to do. And I came and ate on your patio and taught, um, you know, the, they just did so well with the masks and everything being socially. Oh my distant. gosh, Delilah, I recognize you now. <laughs> I remember <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were on the patio, and it was just such a great experience, um, so adapting to change. So how, how have you managed to adapt so well also? I think because we're so small, 
I think it's easy. First of all, we all take it really seriously. And um, I love my staff. I don't want anyone to um, get in harm's way. And I also have a very, very deep base of great customers. And I don't, honestly, I don't want them to get sick either. But businesses need to open. We need the economy to keep going because we're going to, um, you know, I, I think we could all easily be on the chopping block now. So I think we made the changes that needed to happen. Uh, again, Gep and I stepped in. Gep is actually out right now doing three different deliveries. Um, I'm working a whole lot. Um, I will take over any spot that I have to take over, be it from the salad person on a Friday night to washing dishes during the day. And, and I, I love to work, so I don't have any problem with any. I, I have been single-handedly cleaning the bathrooms seven days a week, and I think um, my customers come in and see me do that, or my staff comes in and see us do that. I don't know. I think when you when you're an owner, it's important for people to know that you are there and you care, and you're especially right now that you're paying attention to what what needs to happen. And um, but you're you're a very good operator, and when you're able to, do, it's 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 apparent when you have people that stay for fifteen to twenty years that when you're able to work in the building and do all of those positions, I think there's an empathy that you have for the people in those positions. And then those people also have a healthy respect that goes both ways. And when you have that, that's it's pretty special. That's a pretty special thing that a lot of places just don't have. And I think there's, a, there's something in there. If you're listening to this and you want staying power, the ability to be able to do that and the, the, the work ethic, the drive to be able to do that is um, it's pretty special. Well, thank you. I, I, on a day in day out basis, I'm not sure we, we look at it that way is basically we just go in and do <laughs> what needs to be done. And I, I waited on Delilah Joe's table, I think. And, you know, I haven't been, I haven't waited tables in a long, long time. And so I went to my staff and I said, this is what we're going to have to do to get through this. Show me how to do it again. And they're the experts. And, I don't know. Honestly, as a as an owner, it has been a whole lot of fun. It really has been. Um, I love it. I love the hospitality business, and um, so just getting back into it at that level has been really fun. I mean, we when we had more restaurants, it was almost impossible to be in any one for any length of time. But now that we just have one, and I have to say. If I had more than one now, I'm not sure any of them would have made it. Um, but having just one restaurant, being able to get back in and just do all the nitty gritty has been a ball. We, I've just, I adore my staff and I adore my customers and it's just been really fun. So, tiring, but fun. I'm sure. And I hope you get a chance to take a break at some point. So. I did. I, uh, well, for the first three and a half months, when this all start, went down in, in March, honestly, Delilah Joe, I, I don't know what happened, but I was working more than I have worked since I was in my 20s. And I got to the point where I couldn't do it anymore. And my staff finally came to me. They kind of had an intervention and they said, we are going to get you a day off and you are not going to work nights anymore. <laughs> So I, the big joke is that when I take a to-go order, 
I write it down and then I ring it into the computer and it's 50% wrong and they have to come in and you know, they're trying to get it ready for the customer and I've done something totally wrong. And it's a purpose, aren't you? Pardon? You're doing that on purpose. You're like, I'm just getting it up. So- <laughs> I think they wish that it were on purpose, but no, I mean, I'm seriously, you know, there's carrot cake right written on that. And I just don't read it in. I just like, <laughs> totally over my head. So they have to go back and recheck everything, which is dear on their part, but it's funny. But I, I don't think that's one reason why we're still open. So that's just a aside. <laughs> Well, going forward, I know beyond people coming and dying in, people can order takeout. You're still doing the family meals to go. Um, so just happy to still have you. And is there anything else you'd like to say to the national community? Just, oh gosh, just, just keep coming. Um, uh, there, you know, there, it, it's easy to feel like maybe things are getting better. I think for a lot of restaurants, it's still hard. I think there's a little bit of a double whammy going on right now because typically July and most of July, starting with the 4th of July and into the first couple of weeks of August, people are taking vacations. So that on top of the, the pandemic is, is a bit of a, I think a double whammy right now. So if you are so inclined to want to go out to eat, do go out and support your local restaurant, support any restaurant, any local business, and uh, tip your servers well. I'll throw that in there. (laughs) Yes. So thank you, Katie, so much for coming on. And you still owe me a pie, by the way. I do. I owe you a pie. And I, I'm sorry I didn't get you one. But, you know, I am so shameless about my pies because I think they're so good that sometimes I get on, on the other end of it and go, they don't really want that pie. But I'll I, get you a pie. But I, when I told you I wanted to do this episode, I said, uh, you owe me a pie. <laughs> <laughs> totally kidding. Like, you don't owe me a pie. But don't get that reference it's because you didn't listen to the initial episode that i had with katie and her husband gap so go back on whatever way you hear podcasts and go back and find the episode with the yellow porch and listen because we tell their story we tell how they met we tell how he proposed we go through the whole thing and it is just the best story about two people who fell in love with restaurants and with each other and it was just great i just loved it thank you for having us on again or me Gap is off delivering. Well, we wish you nothing but the best of luck. And thank you for coming on as our local legend of the week. Thank you so much. She's just a sweetheart. So sweet. I mean, I just, I've, I've formed some really amazing relationships doing this show, just talking to people. And um, she and her husband, Gap, are definitely two of those people. So now it is time. Um, for whatever is waiting on, right? This is your favorite segment, my favorite segment, everybody's favorite segment. And it is called What's the Delia? Yes, what's the Delia? Now, this segment is brought to you by Supersource, and Supersource is going to be a main topic in our What's the Delia tonight. So, they are a dishwashing and chemical machine. They are family-owned, locally operated, Jason Ellis. Uh, I've got to work with him over the past weeks on some actual projects. And I'm going to talk about the projects we've worked on. So I'm just going to let that 
kind of be the advertisement and we're just going to jump right into it. So take it away. All right. So today we're going to ask what's the dealia with large companies taking advantage of small businesses during the pandemic or otherwise. Um, this isn't something I have a lot of personal experience with as a journalist, but you being more in the everyday restaurant side of things, I know you do a lot of contract negotiations and you probably have an opinion about this. So I'm asking you, Brandon, what's the dealia with this? Well, thank you. I'd be happy to explain what's the dealia with this. And I don't know the full answer to it yet, but I've been doing contract negotiations for many, many years on both sides of the table. I've represented the big companies and then I've also represented the little companies. I am not an attorney. I want to tell you that I am not an attorney. Um, I've dealt with some fantastic companies throughout the years and I've dealt with some real idiots. And I'm going to break down a couple different situations that I've gone through. And I want to do this because these are big companies that are just going to blow you away. I'm not going to name names today, but I'm happy to speak to you. If you are curious, if you're going through this situation, we are here to help. So as the owner of New Light Hospitality Solutions, if you have any of these issues, uh, I would let you know what I've done, what I think you might be able to do. I'm happy to consult with you to do an initial consultation. It's free. Just send me an email, brandon at newlighthospitality.com if you have any questions to what I say right here. So there's a couple things I want to talk about. One is if you're going to sign a contract. So we're going to talk mostly today about two different types of companies. If you look down a P&L in any restaurant, you're going to see a bunch of um, a bunch of things. You have food companies, you've got produce companies, you've got dairy companies, seafood companies, meat companies. The ones I'm talking about today are linen companies and wear washing and chemical companies, chemical and dish machine companies. Because the two stories I want to tell, and if you're out there and you work for one of these companies, I want you to hear this and I want you to feel this because there's a shame on you moment coming up. So I was working with Jason Ellis. Jason Ellis is the guy from, uh, he's the managing partner at Supersource. And me being somebody who cares about our sponsors, I represent some restaurants. And I said, hey, I'd love to have you come in and I, I want to learn what you do, man. Let's get in deeper. I, I would love to talk about what you do. And he does no contracts, no minimums, very straightforward, let you know what's going on. So he said, hey, I'd love to come in and do an audit for you. And I said, I'd love for you to do an audit. So in this particular situation, I'm representing two restaurants. And these two restaurants have both have the same dish machine. And the way that they write this contract is they say, um, you have to, the dish machine is a lease. So you pay X amount of dollars for the dish machine. And then they're going to be, it's another $200 every other week. And we're going to throw the chemicals in with it, right? So for, for number's sake, we're going to say it's $500 a week to use the dish machine and all the chemicals you can use to run the dish machine. Uh, and then they charge you for extra chemicals that you the dish, you know, degreaser and whatever. So it's kind of a racket because I don't know how much you use, but uh, so we did this whole thing and, and Jason Ellis says, man, dude, I, I can save you a lot of money and let me show you what's going on. And we looked at some of the numbers and the degreaser, he goes, dude, you're using like three times as much degreaser as you need to be using. And I said, really? He goes, you've got gallon containers and they're just dumping the gallons in. So this company has never said anything like, hey, you're going through 
three times the degreaser you should. They just continue to bring three times the degreaser every week. And I'm a big, big advocate of partnering with people, right? So if I'm going to partner with you, Delia, I'm going to do something that's a win-win, right? That's what we're striving for in every single negotiation that you do is you want to win-win. Because if it's a win-lose, one person in the deal doesn't work for them and it's not a good deal. And for everything to be good and to work in sync, it's got to be a win-win. And when you have a company who's selling you three times the chemicals because you don't recognize what you're doing and they know that and they continue to do that, that's a win-lose. That's not partnering with somebody. That's somebody taking advantage of you. So as we go back into the deep dive, one of, the, one of these restaurants was closed during the pandemic for three months. Closed for three months. That means that the dish machine never was turned on. We didn't use any chemicals, didn't do anything. But the company still charged us the full amount, the full amount with chemicals, everything. And I thought, wow, that's interesting because typically you'd want to make a phone call and say, hey, I noticed you're closed. How do we want to do this? Let's work this out. So I call this company and we have a, there's a, there's a, a one of the restaurants, the, the, the program is up. We can get out of the deal. There's no contract. There's a three-year contract, but we're in year five. The other restaurant, we just signed a contract, a five-year contract. I didn't sign it. Somebody else signed it. A five-year deal, and we're at the we're at the end of year number one, right? It's just to let you know where we're at. Mm-hmm. And the story is a little long, but I want you guys to hear this because this is something. This is an absolutely amazing conversation that I had. So I called this company and I talked to the the regional manager, the district manager, whatever he is, and I said, "Hey, man, uh, I represent restaurant X and Y, and." I wanted to know about my contract because they also raised the prices of all their other chemicals during this time, during the close down. And I said, we've been closed yet. You are charging me the full amount. And I want to know what we can do about that. And you know what he, what, what would you do in that situation, Delia? If I called you, you work for this company. And I said, Hey, you've been charging me the full amount for all the chemicals and everything over this period of time. Like what's up with that? Yeah. What would you say? I mean, <laughs> I didn't do it. <laughs> you would, I'll tell you what you'd say. I'll tell you. I'd put words in your mouth. You would say, would, hey, man, I am so sorry for that. Let me make that right. That's I something mean, that I, I, we've missed that. That would be the we, right thing to do. We missed that. Let me make that right. Yeah. You know what this, you know what this guy told me? He goes, did you get a PPP loan? And I said, I'm sorry. He goes, did you get a PPP loan? I said, I don't understand how that's any of your business. He goes, well, that's. That's how you pay us the full amount. You got a PPP loan. That's to pay people like me. And I said, what? Because like, A, it's none of your business whether we got a PPP loan. And it's none of our it's none of your business how we spend the PPP loan. And the fact that you think that we got a PPP loan and we should pay you for excess product that you never delivered and never used is asinine. And he goes, well, I've, he goes, I've got a lot of phone calls about this. And I said, so you've got a lot of phone calls about this? I said, and you raise the prices of our of our chemicals and the way the contract is written. If the prices change, I have 28 days to get out of the contract. So I said, hey, you changed the prices. I went out of the contract because we're not in a partnership at this point. And he said, um, he goes, yeah, I've got a lot of phone calls about this. And um, I, I've been dealing with it, man. He goes, I want I want to continue to work with you guys. And I said, okay, well, I I just don't understand 
why if you've been getting a lot of phone calls from people who were closed during this time you wouldn't then proactively call the other restaurants you knew that were closed to try and fix the situation i'm not trying to tell you how to do your job but that's the logical thing for me and he goes hey it goes straight to the top buddy it's not my problem he goes it's not my decision go straight to the top and i went wow what an absolute lack of <laughs> lack of accountability this is going on right now so the picture i'm painting here is he didn't care. They don't care. They're going to try and take every single thing that they possibly can from you. And when I said, listen, man, we'd like to get out of this contract. I've got a new company that doesn't have contracts that I want to test out, that I want to try. And, you know, I'd like to part friends. So I don't want to burn a bridge here, but we'd like to get out of the contract at restaurant A, which we have, we're fine to do because we're out of, we're, we're past the date on that one. And then at restaurant B, we still have some time on the contract, but I'd like to figure out, I said, what does it cost me to get out of this contract? What do I have to pay you to have somebody come and take the machine out, restock it? Is there a fee for that? And he goes, yeah, you pay the rest of your four years of the contract. And I said, what? I said, look, we're just, we'd like to try something different. You guys have not been partnering with us. You're overcharging us. We like, I just don't feel like this is a good relationship. We want to try something different. And he goes, Four years. Because you're four years under the contract. You can pay out the entire remaining amount or you can or you can deal with us. And I went, that's how you want to do this? I said, you want to do this right now where I'm going to tell you right now, I want to end the contract in four years and you'll never be back in either of these restaurants ever again. We'll probably tell everybody in the world. I didn't tell him I have a podcast. But I said, that's, that's what we're dealing with right now. And he goes, yep, that's the size of it. And I went, wow, man, like that's, that's it. That's the deal. So we're stuck with that dish machine and that company for the next four years because $37,000 to get out of that deal. Now I'm going to buy chemicals from other people. I'm going to buy from, from Jason because what he's doing is really cool. Mm -hmm. And I'm really impressed with everything about SuperSource. And he's just been an absolute amazing dude. No contracts. The whole point there is, look, dude, mm -hmm. I feel like if there's a contract, we lose the best interest of the customer. Mm -hmm. Like we need to be working all the time to constantly be earning your business. And that's why we don't do contracts is we constantly want to be proving to you that we want to partner with you. And I went, hell yeah, that's exactly the way it should be. So I feel like there's a lot of, there's a lot of this type of stuff going on right now where you have these big companies who are taking advantage of companies that have been closed that are fighting for our lives. We're fighting to keep people employed. We're fighting to pay rent. And you've got people at these big dishwashing companies going, well, you got PPP money. You should pay that to us. Like, no, dude, we should be paying that to keep the doors open. Like he'd be just as happy if we closed and he took his dish machine back and went, ha, another one bites the dust. And that type of, type of stuff pisses me off. And I want to go to battle for that type of stuff. So the more of us that we can get together to do this, I think the more numbers we have, the better chance we can do to, to beat some of these things. So I'm opening a big can of worms here, but the linen companies are similar. Linen companies do a whole thing with this rental of your product and PARs. And I think um, I figured out a way to kind of get around some of that. So I'd love to talk to you about that too. If you're a restaurant owner, give me a call. This isn't a sales pitch. I'm talking to you guys free of charge. I just want to, I just want to help right now. Yeah, I just want to like help a, you guys any way I can. It's kind of a buyer beware from your that's, end, just having, having dealt with this personally. So 
That's all. That's all. This. What's the dealia? Is what's the dealia with companies taking advantage of small companies during a pandemic? And I, I dealt. That's the exact story of a company that I dealt with this week. That is what companies in Nashville are telling locally owned and independent restaurants right now. If you're one of those restaurants, I want to band together. I want to figure out a way to beat these people because it is not right what they're doing now. Yes, I did sign a contract. I didn't sign it, but yes, the restaurant signed a contract. And if you are a restaurant owner, make sure that nobody else in your building signs any contract. That's You should never do a contract over three years in the first place. But if you have to, if you negotiate something where you do five years, make sure that you sign the deal. You have an assistant manager, a kitchen manager signing that deal. That deal is bound to you. So there's also things you can do about that. I'm happy to talk to you about those things. I want to help. Email me, Brandon at NewLightHospitality.com. Let's figure it out. And um, sorry to go on the long rant. Sorry to go on a long rant, but I was so angry this week because I believe in doing the right thing. I believe in doing business with people that have your best interest in heart. I believe in doing business with people who care. People that care about your business, people that care about my business. I believe in win-win relationships. And hopefully if you ask anybody who advertises with me on this show, they know that I'm in this thing for them and I constantly wanna do the right thing by them and wanna work with them. And I've always been that way. I've always been that way in every business dealing I've always been in. These, we deal with people, people and relationships. And when you're willing to throw away a 10-year relationship because of four years and a contract because, hey, man, that's just the deal. I'm willing to squander everything. I'll take you to court. Then you know what? We got to get the word out because that guy doesn't need to fool. And they don't need another guy who's running a kitchen to who doesn't know better to sign that deal and commit your restaurant to something you don't need to be in. So long of the short. Uh, what's the dealia with you guys? How shame on you, big warehousing chemical company, uh, doing that? And there are good people out there. There are companies out there that want to work with you, that want to partner with you, and uh, we're rapidly identifying who those people are here uh, at Nashville Restaurant Radio, and we're gonna bring them to you as most we possibly can. I want to promote the people who are doing it right. So I'm gonna step right down off my soapbox. And I am going to say I have exercised the demons. <laughs> Felt like I needed to get that out. I never told the guy was I had a podcast or anything. I didn't say, hey, man, I do this. Oh, yeah. You know what? Hey, there you go. You didn't even name names. You didn't like, did you make a one-star review? I did not make a review. I didn't <laughs> make a review. I didn't go on. I talked to the owner of the restaurant and... You know, we, we had a good conversation about it. We've written a letter to that general manager explaining our position. And um, there's some things we're trying to do. So I'm happy to talk to anybody out there who is in similar situations. And I imagine I'll get a thousand emails tomorrow. So um, let's do this thing together, guys. Let's all band together. Let's help each other succeed. That's what I got. That's, oh, that's our that. week. That is the roundup, ladies and gentlemen. Anything you got to say, Delia? Anything you want to say to the, the people before we get into it next week? Keep wearing your masks and um, stay pretty Music City. Take care. All right, everybody. Uh, hope you are staying safe. We love you. You're not alone. And uh, love you guys. <laughs>